Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, Freeman Mazda Hyundai, and Worth the Poor. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! That felt good. That felt good. Hey, y'all, today, rookie minicamp is a day away so we're going to talk about my top three uh battles to watch now again we we all can there's so many different battles but i got three of them i want to talk about today yo so some of these young bucks trying to get a leg up on a competition right plus in the roundup we got another schedule leak a rumored schedule leak it's not it's not one that that you would expect it's not one that you would expect but i'm good with it I'll tell y'all why I think I'm fine with the rumored week one game. And we'll talk about that. Of course, you can call in if you want. 351-999-3787 is the call in line. Yes. Yes. Uh, who is that? C. Nicks. Listen, first of all, shout outs. This isn't the notifications gang no more. This ain't, That's not what y'all are. That's not what y'all are. Y'all are the... Yeah, Bomb Squad in the building. Mark Smith, I see you. Danny Savage, Nicholas P, C. Nicks, Sin City Cowboy, Ian, uh, Big H, Chris Graham, Iceberg Q. Who else we got over here? JJ Barris, Big Sarge. What's up, Peter Rizzo? Sean Green, TC915, uh, Cedric Betts, Facebook. We got Professor O in the building. No, Professor O. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with uh, Fry Fogel and Drummond, and, and that's going to be one of our features. Uh, I watched a couple other, actually one other game with with the Fry Fogel. Boy, watching Indiana is tough. It's tough. Uh, B47, Vic, John Jones, C. Burleson, Grant Rain, H2O, Carlton knows Toxic, Tom, Downey, Burner account in the building, Tino, Santiago, Gregory, Sean, Mike, HBK, someone call you Sean Mike. Primetime Phil in the building. KC Choice 25. That is today's Bomb Squad. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Zeus? What's up, Connor? What's up, Swain? Oscar Sullivan in the building. Ian, Joe, Gotti, my guy, East Coast brother. Uh, listen, I'm excited for today's show. I know I always say it, y'all, but we ain't gonna be that long. It's up to y'all, really. Uh, phone lines, 351-999-3787. I got three straightforward uh, position battles for these rookies, and they're not all just rookies, though. That's why I think this is going to be an in interesting show, and I want to hear your guys' feedback on what you think from some of these uh, some of these battles. By the way, audio sound good? We straight here? Because I, I, I was battling with this audio earlier this morning, Cowboys Nation. It was ridiculous, man. I'm actually shocked I got in here when I got in here, but... We here, man. Uh, Mackenzie, two times. What's good? Mr. Kima. Chris said, Wilder. Yeah, I had to bring that back. I will talk about Jakari. Briefly, he's part of this. He's not really part of the, the battles, but not a guy to sleep on here. Not a guy to sleep on. All right, y'all. We good? Straight. Let's get into this uh, roundup and get to the meat and potato of the show. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. 
This is the Morning Roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Strive for progress, not perfection. We're more than just a fitness club. We provide the tools, support, and resources you need to achieve your goals. Check out any of the 13 different locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. So, D210 Sports, and I'm going to shout them out because that's where I saw it, is reporting per sources the Cowboys versus the Jaguars are the week one matchup, and it's a noon game. Twitter went off when this got reported. You know, I don't know how true it is. The NFL would be silly to do that because Dallas is ratings. But let me just tell you, from a personal standpoint, I love this. <laughs> I love this. I hate primetime games. This ain't new either. This ain't just because I cover the team and I have to do the primetime game to come on the next morning. That adds some some you know salt to the wound. But just in general, I don't, I don't want to be up to 12 o'clock watching football. Sorry, I got stuff to do the next day. Okay? Um, but no, seriously, I like 1 o'clock games. I like 3, well, I guess Central is 3.20 games and Eastern is 4 o'clock games. Give me those all day and tomorrow. Here's another reason why I do not mind this game. It's a weird year. It's a weird offseason for Cowboys Nation. We faced the Bucks last year, and honestly, you took the L, and but you played well. And you went on a six-game winning streak. So I'm not saying that, you know, if you had to play one of the top teams early, that's just, you know, a preface, preface to your demise. That's not true. But it'd be nice to get a little W to start this season. And I'm not calling the Jaguars a rollover or whatever. But, I mean, we're talking about a team that's probably still going to compete for a top 10, top 5 type of pick. The young rookie, young quarterback. New head coach. They signed a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong, right? Jags added some talent. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. But you want to roll out three Division two schools for the Cowboys to start the season? Hey, after this type of offseason the Cowboys have had on the field, meaning who they brought in and lost, and off the field? I, pff, listen, y'all. I will take this. I will take the Jaguars game all day and tomorrow. Let's start the season off with the bang. Now, Weird statistic with the Cowboys, man. When they lose the first game, they usually go to the playoffs. When they win the first game, they usually miss the playoffs. It's so strange. It's so strange to me. So, yeah, man, I'm all, I'm with a tune-up game, Nino or Tino. Y'all know how I feel about the big games, right? And let's get to the second part of this. Uh, RJ Ochoa. A couple weeks ago, maybe it was a week ago, from BTB, Blogging the Boys, put out a tweet about the Cowboys, the, the quarterbacks the Cowboys will be facing this year. And it was another one of those, damn. You know, when you see it, it makes you go, hmm. I always talk about that on here. Sometimes you just have to see it for it to kind of resonate a little bit better to you. And I look at the list. And outside of the top four guys, there's a lot of other quarterbacks there that I'm just like, I, I, you know, now I'm not talking about the teams because the teams obviously matter. I'm just talking about the quarterbacks themselves, right? Clearly, you got Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. Three of those quarterbacks were in the last two Super Bowls. 
Two of them are all-time greats. So we're not talking about those guys, which, by the way, I'm excited to see how the team plays against them. But when you go down the list, I mean, the Cowboys have beat Kirk Cousins a couple times now in the last couple years in, in Minnesota. Ryan Tannehill, okay. Yeah. Matt Ryan, he just whooped on him. But he's with a better team, but but still. Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Davis Mills. I mean, you know. And then you got the division. So, now all these quarterbacks can take the next step and be amazing guys. But just here in May, as we stand, May 12, 2022, I think a lot of those games outside the top four will come down to Dallas being able to either stop the run or get ahead enough to make them one-dimensional. You know, we talk about Washington in their run game, Philly in their run game, Tennessee, obviously, Kirk Cousins in their run game. These are teams that are going to try to run the rock. Philly, another team is going to try to run the rock because their quarterbacks, I don't think, really strike fear in my heart. So, But those top four guys, that'll be, in my opinion, the measuring stick to the rest of the league for the Cowboys. I talked about this yesterday with James. I don't give a damn about the 12 dubs. How do you get the 12 dubs? Do you get three of them from Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow? Or you get the 12 dubs everywhere else and you lose to all four of those teams. That will determine how I feel for the Cowboys heading into the playoffs. Feel me? And then finally, today's undrafted free agent spotlight fitting because we're focusing on position battles in rookie minicamp is center Alec Lindstrom. And I'm going to read what Dane Brugler had to say about Alec Lindstrom. Uh, This was his summary. A three-year starter at Boston College, Lindstrom was a mainstay at center in former offense coordinator Frank Signetti's zone-based inside-outside scheme. I think that's important to know. Uh, He came in at 230 pounds when he enrolled. He made his first start in 2018 next to his brother Chris Lindstrom uh, and grew into a first-team All-ACC performer the last two seasons. Lindstrom is most comfortable in pass protection, where he can use his balance movements and reset to shield the pocket. In the run game, he does a nice job on the move to reach and scoop defenders and strain through contact, but he doesn't have the play strength to create vertical displacement. Again, I'm emphasizing these things. Overall, Lindstrom is an average athlete and lacks ideal power or leg drive, but he is a cerebral blocker with the pedigree and processing skills to execute his assignments he projects as a potential NFL backup. A lot of that screams a a, a poor man's, probably very, but a poor man's Lynch, uh, Linderbaum. Lindstrom Linderbaum. Undersized, cerebral, gets can reach and scoop, those type of things, but but the, the actual strength is going to be something that they could potentially struggle with. And the difference is Linderbaum wrestle so he can get leverage he's probably just naturally stronger um but i'm very interested to see how lindstrom comes onto the scenes at rookie minicamp i really wish i could be down there but i'm, I'm gonna try to get somebody on the show that works in the star uh next week so they can give us their their take uh from being down there but that's today's morning roundup presented by texas family fitness <laughs> damn Joe said Lindstrom is booty. Y'all will be playing. 
Uh, you don't sleep on any team, but let's be honest, they aren't the Bucks. We will be fine that game. Yeah, you definitely don't. And I, and I think I said that a lot last year, right? Like, every team can beat you. There's no denying that. And honestly, Dallas shouldn't be like, oh, we play Trevor Lawrence, uh, Jared Goff. Teddy Bridgewater beat you last year. So, um, no, you can't take any of these teams lightly. But for a Cowboys team that has had the offseason they had, has lost the players, that it's going to look different in some way a lot different from a personnel standpoint to start the season, especially from, from the skill position at wide receiver. Uh, offensive line is going to look and feel different. I, I wouldn't mind a tune-up game. Sounds weird being in the NFL. Probably no such thing, but Aaron Rodgers, Jaguars, Rams, Lions, Bucks, Giants. That's what I'm. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Which is to be real, as I'm talking this out with y'all, it's kind of tough to think of it that way because the Cowboys historically don't go to the playoffs when they win Week One, which is weird to me. But at some point, they they've got to just trump these uh consistencies these inconsistent consistencies if that makes sense they, they've got to get over that hump y'all know me i'm all about hump players i'm all about getting over the hump in the playoffs and things like that but maybe i should just slow it down take it one step at a time how about we just get over the hump of you know winning week one and and, and still making the playoffs you know what i'm saying get over that hump because a lot of people are going to bring up 2019, if y'all remember, right? Cowboys started off 3-0. and uh, Dak was on fire. If we want to get into the conspiracy situation. His agent went to, to you know, Jerry and said, well, you see how we're playing? That price went up a little bit. Things got weird. Offense started looking weird. They won a three-game losing streak. Injuries pile up. You lose to the Jets. It got funky. So I'm not at, I'm not looking for that kind of start. Right? Not looking for that. I don't want to start off 3-0 and go 0-3 and, and lose to bad teams. I want to see consist, consistency throughout the season and to finish against the better opponents. That's going to be my, my, my mantra all year. Cool, you beat the Giants. Cool, you beat the Lions. Go beat the, the better team so we can feel good going into the playoffs. Uh, so who y'all think the Cowboys are going to play week one? I mean, that's just a rumor. I, I don't know how true it is. Or who do y'all want to see the Cowboys play week one? I think it'd be silly for the NFL to not put the Cowboys, if not in primetime or Sunday night football, Monday night football, then at the very least in the primetime slot uh, during the day games. Uh, let's see. I dare you to talk about, oh, so what's going on? Uh, Jose, what's, what's happening here, man? What's going on? Iceberg Q, are we comfortable with our trench players? Well, Iceberg Q, stay tuned. We're going to talk about that battle and we'll revisit what the trenches look like, at least from the offensive side. Joe, Joe T says our biggest loss is Cooper. I, I tend to agree with that. Asmodeus says, like Vos says, Lindstrom needs that off season peanut butter body. Yeah, he, he he does, 296. And real quick to get back on Lindstrom before we move on. It's just so weird the way they talked about Linderbaum not selecting him, which, again, that's a first-round pick, though. Somebody did bring that up. But anyway, they talked about not 
taking guys that basically struggle with strength or, or wanting to be bigger and, and more physical uh, up front and then you sign Lindstrom. Listen to Will McClay talk. I tend to believe him that he really does want to get bigger and stronger up front. And then they took Tyler Smith. They passed on a guy like Lindstrom or Linderbaum and they didn't draft any little dudes, you know, from offensive side or defensive side. Matt, well, let's go. 6'8", 315 pounds, right? Uh, hell, even Jake Ferguson, who's the next next one up next week, probably on our rating series, he's a big dude. And we know big country's a big dude. 6'5", 6'6", 320. So I tend to believe him when it comes to wanting size on both sides of the trenches because they got bullied. And I don't think Lindstrom just gives you that just yet. Whereas... I want to say it right. Forniak, 6'5", 310 pounds, and he got an offseason of peanut butter. So, And he's got he's got some game tape. So, you know, I think Forniak has, or Forniak, if I'm saying it right, has the edge uh, early on. Honestly, I probably should have put them as a, as a battle, but I don't know if he's going to be there or not. All right. First Sunday night game versus Washington. Joe wants to play the Rams. Luciano wants to play Tampa again. Okay, so we're getting more. And this is probably going to happen today. This is the day that all the schedules drop. Professor O said, per Marcus Mosier, Cowboys Philly Christmas Eve. Just give me a second, y'all. I'm, th- I'm thinking personally like <laughs> what I'm going to be doing for that day. All right, so in Texas live. All right, man. I guess we're working on Christmas. <laughs> Golly. Can we just can we get a goddamn holiday off? So now we got to work Thanksgiving. We got to do Christmas. NFL don't give a damn. He don't give a damn. All right, y'all. Let's uh let's go into the first part of today's show. Top three position battles, and we're going to just start off with some fire and get into the wide receiver battle. You guys saw it on the uh, thumbnail here. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about it. Ty Freifogel versus Dontario Drummond. Now, I paired these two because I'm looking to see if the Cowboys can get a slot slot wide receiver out of this bunch. You know, both have shown the ability to operate in the slot in college. Ty goes at 6'1", 204, Drummond 6'1", 215. So they're not they're not small guys. They're, they're compact dudes. Neither of them are going to really wow you athletically, but I think they provide their own standout trait. For Fry Fogel, it's a guy that can route you up. And for Drummond, it's a guy who can get busy after the catch. Now, like I said earlier, I watched a few games of Fry Fogle, and uh, it's just a snooze fest. It's really tough to get through the Indiana games, man. They're, the quarterback's really not that good. Uh, they run the ball a lot. It's just just really snooze fest. So I can only I'm, I'll tell you how many games I watched. It was two. <laughs> it's two games. But I think he's a guy that probably should have came out last year if you look at his stats. Uh, Thirty-seven receptions. Uh, 20, 721 yards, seven touchdowns in eight games in 2020. Elected to return and, and use that kind of super senior COVID eligibility. And it hurt him. You know, 
It hurt him. He only had 46 receptions, 512 yards, one touchdown, and his, his touchdown to drop rate was ridiculous. I think it was obviously one touchdown to something like eight drops. So he, you know, he just completely tanked in regards to his production in 2021. Now, again, I don't know who his quarterback was in 2020, but the quarterback was not good from the games I watched. <laughs> so maybe, you know, with a better quarterback, Fryfogel looks a little bit better. Obviously, with a better quarterback, he will, right? But this is what Brugler had to say overall about Fryfogel. He's a route technician who makes himself available early and late, but his physical traits are average by NFL standards, and he isn't a consistent separator on tape. He'll need to add special teams duties if he hopes to stick on the NFL depth chart. You can say that about all these guys, by the way. They have to be able to play special teams if they want to get on this roster. Then you get to Drummond, who was the exact opposite of Fryfogel when it comes to production. He returned, and his production went up. He went from 25 receptions, 400-plus yards, seven tutties, in nine games to 2020 to 76 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and eight touchdowns, uh, one of the more productive receivers in the SEC. Uh, but he went undrafted, obviously. When I watched him, I come away the word you said. What's a word you want to describe Ontario Drummond? I said savvy. It just kind of finds those pockets, those holes in the zone, sits there, catches it, and then he uses that yak. He uses that run after a catch ability. Um, I'm interested to see this battle because I'm looking for that slot, slot type of dude. And I think Drummond has some of that to him. Uh, Firefogel as well. But here's what Brugler had to say about Drummond. Overall, he's an ordinary length, speed, route running prowess. But he is a balanced athlete with hand strength and toughness to carve out a role for himself in the NFL. So when it comes to all these receivers, I think whether it be them, whether it be Jakari, is it is it Jakari or Roberson? I hope I'm saying that right. Who's another productive wide receiver, I believe, out of Wake Forest. Any of these dudes, or I should say all of these dudes, have one thing going for them. They're going to have the opportunity to make the team because we talked about this a lot. When you look at the current wide receiver room, at the very least to start the season, after C.D. Lamb, James Washington, and Jalen Tobert, it's not solid ground behind those dudes. So somebody could step up and take a roster spot. Noah Brown's not guaranteed, even though we joke around, right? He, he might got some naked pictures of somebody, but a one-year deal, you're not going to miss Noah Brown. Semi, who we all really want to see do something, he's not guaranteed anything. And TJ Vasher is another undrafted guy who I'm excited to see in this camp, uh, but neither is he guaranteed. So, you know, after those top three, when I say top three, Lamb, Washington, and Tolbert, Gallup won't be participating in any camps. It's not solid. It's, it's very much, they just put the cement down and, and it's still drying. <laughs> you know? So I, I look at this battle right here and these these two kids have an opportunity to do something. And, and to me, it's about it's about the slot. I said this before and I said it on Vach's show, Vach and Barry Live on the volume. He asked, you know, what's the best combination of receivers for Dak? I personally think it's your two boundary guys and a slot wide receiver. If you go look at the production of all the slot guys, he, they're really productive. Cole Beasley, 
uh, C.D. Lamb, Randall Cobb. Now, you could argue, well, is it because they had an Amari Cooper on the outside and teams had to, you know, dedicate attention there? But I think Lamb is going to get to the point where teams are going to pay attention to C.D. Lamb as well, as long as the offense makes it, you know, emphasizes that, hey, C.D. Lamb's here, y'all. Y'all better pay attention to him or he's, or he's going to eat. So, and I'm not saying Fry Fogle or Drummond or anybody else is going to come on his team and be a slot wide receiver right now. I'm just saying in the future, James Washington may not be on this team, right? And injuries happen. We've seen Michael Gallup gets dinged up. He gets hurt. So it wouldn't hurt to at least have a guy in the tuck that could kind of be groomed to be a slot. I believe Cole Beasley was that guy. He, he didn't come out year one and was just dominating in the slot. It kind of took him a little bit. And then year two, and you start year three, you see him get better and better. So Drummond versus Fryfogel. If you guys had to pick, who do you think would win out of this match? I say match. Out of this, <laughs> this battle. Let's see what you guys got to say. <laughs> Professor O loves some blocking wide receivers. I... <laughs> I mean, that's 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 cool. Yeah, I'm not going to knock a, a, a blocking wide receiver that that helps. Sometimes that springs runs down the field and things like that. But much like uh, running backs. Can you run the rock? All right, I deal with the other stuff as we go. Much like receiver. Can you catch the ball? Can you get open? How you route running? How's you after the catch? I deal with the blocking later. I deal with the block a little bit later, but. Yeah, it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't hurt that that they're, they, you can be a good blocker. Captain America, Dak loves his slot, guys. He does. Cowboys want their wide receivers to do everything. I, I don't like that, though. I, I mean, I personally don't. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, CeeDee Lamb in the slot. You know, if he's going to be in the slot, then keep his ass in the slot. I mean, when I say keep him in there, I mean 80% of the time type thing. Yeah, these guys can go out inside outside, but I don't want to see CD land 45% slot, 55% outside. Quarterbacks need to be able to trust the guys to be where they're going to be. There's no more Mari Cooper on this team. Right? Michael Gallup, we don't know in and out of the lineup. Jalen Tobert's a rookie. Give me one guy to be somewhere I can count on him to be. That's all I'm asking. Fryfolk can play. Asmodeus Drummond for now. Drummond, punt returner, kick returner. Uh, Professor O is underrated. I, 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 yeah, I guess I could say it's underrated. Man, Noah, Noah Brown got some. I don't know why Noah Brown's still here. He don't play enough snaps to his, his blocking matters. <laughs> More of a, I mean, seriously. You could cut Noah Brown and you would miss nothing from him. Gotti says drumming. Gregory says tie. Drum it up. This is a bit of a split. Shogun drumming. Captain drumming for sure. Can I ask you guys something about drumming? And, and again, I don't know how much y'all watched him, but and I didn't watch a ton of them either. Is it because of the, the production? Is is kind of why a lot of you guys are saying drumming? I don't have it either way here. You know, I'm kind of just excited to see him battle it out. I want to see what y'all thought. Is it the production or is it you just like the way the cat plays better? Another question, if y'all know anybody out there, 
Can any of these dudes return punts? Because I just saw Jaws say Noah Brown will be returning punts. Uh, I hope not. And that's another thing, right? Like the Cowboys, Jalen Tober's probably not returning punts. For the life of me, I don't really know why they don't try Pollard back there. He's on kick returns, but he's on punt return. That's strange. They need to figure that out. Because C.D. Lamb is your receiver one now. He's not returning punts. Better not be returning punts. There is no uh, Cedric Wilson. So who's returning punts? Is it James Washington? Something to watch out for. Nicholas says production in a much tougher division. Indiana's quarterback, Blue Star, was not good, man. I told you, I I watched those two games. I said, all right, that's enough. I'm not watching anymore. I'm going to give y'all my opinion on these two games. Y'all can can say that ain't enough, but that, that was just terrible quarterback play, man. Noah Brown should move to tight end. Speaking of which, uh, Shane Carter put out a, a an article on A to Z Sports Dallas where he talked about five players that should think about a position switch, and, and he, he added Noah Brown, who we've heard plenty of times come up over the years to play tight end. All right, before I get to the second part, let's get to uh, our resident first caller. Always our first caller. Love you, Los. Los in the building. What's up, man? Oh, wrong one. Here we go. Yo, good morning, Scott. Good morning. Uh, just real quick, I mean, I'll probably be a minute or two. I mean, the only battle I'm really interested in, just because I feel like they're both, like, aggressive players on the right off the block, is Matt Walesco. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. And, and Sam Williams. I'm really interested in that rookie battle because, man. Oh, you're talking about against each other. Okay, okay. You mean, like, literally physically against each other. Yeah, yeah. I, they, those two, I'm, I think it might get a little chippy because, man, nah, well, let's go don't nah. play, man. Yeah, he, he, hold, he's hold, pretty. Los, I got one yeah. better for you. Big go Country versus Tyler Smith. You want to talk uh-huh. about getting chippy. Oh, I guarantee you, first fight of the camp. Book it. I, I, yeah, I believe that, too. Big Country, hey, he wants to break necks out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the – the defensive line versus the offensive line in the rookie mini battle camp, because I think that's where we're going to have to see the most improvement on, especially on the trenches. Yeah. Um, the name you brought up, well, let's go stay tuned to the rest of the show. We're going to bring him up um, in a, in a camp battle. I got for you. No problem. And to close out, man, uh, can I talk about the Mavs for 30 seconds? You can always talk about your Mavs. Good brother. Man, all right, here's the thing. I don't know if you've seen all social media, right, about Devin Booker calling Luca a uh, Luca special, you know? All, I ho- all I'm going to say is he's going to get that Luca special these next two games. Because one thing you do not want to route is, you know, someone that's on the come up. And even Luca said it coming out, everybody act tough when they up. But, man, I, I just feel... Like, this is a must-win game, Scott. And I'll tell you what, if we make it to the Western Conference Finals, I hope. Hey, that's what Cowboys haven't done in 25 years. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm there. If y'all, if, saying. if y'all make it, I'm going. Me and Michelle, we, right, we getting tickets and we going. All right, man. But, yeah, you take it easy, Scott. Uh, you have a great morning. I'll let you get to the rest of the callers. And, like, always be the legend you are, man. Peace. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, dog. Good luck. To his Mavs. Uh, we got a donation in the building. Super chat. 
Appreciate you, uh, Joe the Gooner, for the $10 donation. He says, I'm looking forward to the Texans game. I'm from Houston and have, have to listen to Texan fans talk ish all day, every day. What can they talk about? It's always fun to crush them and remind them that they're peasants and we are royalty. Y'all remember the Texan fan, uh, Eastside Harold? He got so damn annoying, I think we just moved on from him. Um, dude, it's, it's strange. But how can you talk shit as a Texan fan? And maybe it's just, hey, you know, sports, it's banter or whatever. But it's going to come to a point. It has to come to a point where your team gives you nothing to brag about. Like right now, we're in the middle of this as fans, this Eagles-Cowboys war. Yes, the Cowboys have not won a championship and, and understand that. But if we're just talking about beating you, right, just whooping on you. Dallas is like six and one in the last seven games against them, or at least the last seven Dak Prescott games. So what are you talking about here? Just shut up until you win. Then you can talk Texans. Are you kidding me? Anyway, before we move on, (laughs) cause y'all won't get me started. Let's talk about this week's ride of the week, which is the 2022 Mazda CX-30. The quality of extra small SUVs has generally improved over the last few years, and few vehicles are a better representative than the 2022 Mazda CX-30. It's a small but not cheap SUV. The interior looks and feels upscale like most of the Mazda cars and comes standard with pretty much the same number of technology features and advanced driver aids you'll find on Mazda's larger and more expensive cars. So check out FreemanMazda.net or visit Freeman Mazda down in Urban, Texas to get more information on this week's Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and... Here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Somebody said they saw him in Boss's chat. He ain't in here no more. And I'm cool with that. Y'all know me. Phone lines is open. We invite rivals and all that good stuff. But I like to say, I, I, I believe this show is for the more intelligent fan i guess any fan can come here but just know we want the smoke half the time i don't even need to say nothing because the chat y'all hold it down y'all hold it down matter of fact i'm not stop calling y'all the chat y'all the bomb squad bomb squad hold it down so half the time i don't gotta do nathan nathan all right Let's get into the second part, the number two position battle that I'm looking forward to here. And that is one Marquise Bell versus Tyler Coyle. <laughs> you know, I had to throw safety in here. Come on now. I had to throw safety up in here. These dudes kind of are mirror images of each other. We talked about Marquise Bell earlier this week, uh, but we haven't brought up Tyler Coyle. Yet, and this is a good time to do it because while he's not a rookie, he's one, I believe, of like seven veterans. I say veterans, 
year two guys that will be attending rookie minicamp. And I don't think we should sleep on him. I'm not saying he's going to make the team or anything like that. But he did play in 131 snaps in the preseason last year. He played in all four preseason games. Very similar to a Marquise Bell. And in week 18 in that glorified preseason game, the season finale, he did play 16 snaps, had two tackles and one stop. Now, Bell, we talked about him earlier. You know, 95 tackles, six tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception, was one of the better HBCU players. And you could argue the top HBCU undrafted free agent. Both have that size, 6'2", 2'12", 2'15". Coyle coming in, traitsy guy. Traits, traits, traits. And, and McClay loves to take chances on traits late. Speed, size, he can, he can fly. It didn't always translate onto the field, but if you got the traits and you're undrafted or your late round pick, they'll bring you in the building. And Coyle stuck around and got snaps in the pre, in the season. Now, it was late, but he, he got him. He got him. But Bell was definitely going to give him some competition because I think they're very similar from an athletic standpoint. So there really isn't much these guys are going to be able to do. They're not going to be hitting all crazy or anything like that. But, again, I think this is something that this matchup here is one of those down rosters. If you're into the you know, WWE, you talk about – you got the, the top of the card, the mid card, and the low card. This is that low card matchup. And during the WWE area, all of them were on fire, right? All of them had storylines. All of them had purposes. And I think this one has a purpose because the safety position, I think, is looking for one more guy to fit. You got the top three, Hooker, Curse, Wilson. They need one more. They need that third man. For the NWO. But it's the fourth man. And uh, Coyle or Bell. Now, Bell is the super fan favorite right now because obviously new things, new shiny toys. We all get excited about it. But Tyler Coyle was kind. He wasn't exactly this popular, but people were, hey, Tyler Coyle, y'all. Tyler Coyle. Um, He's got a, a year in the league. He's got a year with the Cowboys, a year under Dan Quinn. I give him the edge as we speak. That doesn't mean he's going to win it. But I give him the edge. So, Bell versus Tyler Coyu. Who you got? Uh, Connor says Bell has hit stick. I don't know why Bell reminds me of Keith Davis. I mean, that's a way to get on this team, right? Both of these dudes are going to have to be special teams, guy. Uh, and Keith Davis, which is wild. Keith was a prime special teams ace. But he got, I think, a year or two as a starter um, on the team. Coyle, 4 3 6 40 guy. Traits, 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 says Professor O. Uh, Connor, Connor Collins says, yes, he should have been a late day three. Are we talking about Bell or are we talking about Coyle? Primetime wanted to draft Bell later in the draft to walk away with him as an undrafted free agent is amazing. I think I heard somebody say yesterday or saw somebody say Bell turned down the Eagles. One of these dudes turned down the Eagles to come to the Cowboys. You love to hear that. Coyle was a safety turn linebacker in college. Comps pretty well to a faster Keanu Neal. Hopefully better than what Keanu Neal looked like last year. 
Bell's a dog, says Captain America. Cole's an interesting player, especially with Dan Quinn. That's the thing, right? Like, he's got a year uh, under Dan Quinn. I think that's very important, especially that we've seen we've seen how Dan Quinn gets the best out of some of these guys. Um, and there is no Keanu Neal in the way if you want to play that type of role. There is no... Who was our fourth safety last year? DeMonte, yeah, I guess. DeMonte KZ, I guess, in your way. And Israel McQuamo is not guaranteed anything. I know I probably should have added Izzy in this, but I don't think Izzy is going. Is he? Is, is, is he going to the? He should be. If he's not, he should be going to the mini camp. Connor says, give me the HBCU baller. He believes uh, that Bell was good enough to be a late six, early seven. I think if you look at Brugler's board or Brugler's The Beast, he talks about Bell actually being a sixth, seventh round type of, of pick. But at that point, though, let's be real. I think if you put your pride to the side and you say, you know what? Yes, it would be an honor to have this on my. I was drafted in the NFL. That that's an that's an honor. But would you rather be drafted by the Detroit Lions or pick where you want to go as an undrafted free agent? I think as a seventh round pick, you kind of battle that. And I get it. Seventh round pick, you get the four year deal as an undrafted. I think it's like three years if they decide to keep you. There's pros and cons to both. Um, but I think Bell looked at the Cowboys roster and said, huh. Fucker. Curse. Wilson's on the last year. Oh. So I got two long-term safeties. It's Dallas. First of all, you want to get exposure. You go to Dallas. Yeah, this this looks good. Gives me a year. Gives me a chance to kind of just play special teams, learn the position more, learn from a, a, a J. Ron Curse who, whose position I may have to play at some point. And it looks good to me. Looks good. My bro Lee said it was a Texas A&M linebacker that turned out Philly. All right, thanks. I knew it was one of these undrafted dudes. Whoever it is, I might have to. He might have to be the undrafted spotlight next, just because he did that. Salute to him. Is it Hanson? Is that his name? Primetime says plus you get to pick the team. Right. That's that's the the biggest advantage of being an undrafted free agent. If you're a good player, right? Like there's some guys who you might not have. 15 teams calling for you you might not be a tony romo where you 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 got a battle going on for you uh but i think bell i think a lot of teams were probably calling bell all right let's get to the last one of this battle and this one might be the most important one y'all josh ball versus matt well let's go And I say this might be the most important battle because we talked about this last week and when I just said it earlier. The depth on the offensive line is is not secure. It's not as secure as it was last year. And if I was if I was at camp, mini camp, my eyes would be glued to this to see who's playing where. Is ball at left tackle? Is Matt at right tackle? Is, you know, who's looking better? Um is Ball or Molesco not starting at all? Now, granted, starting is weird to say in, in, in rookie minicamp, but I, it could be telling if if one player is not getting the first rep or what have you. Or Now, it's not a big deal, but just little small things I want to know. 
Josh Ball, 6'8", 304 pounds. I would imagine he put on some weight, I hope, some strength. Um, over the year, that offseason peanut butter. He's been in the program. He's had that quote-unquote red shirt year. Hey, big fella, your ankle hurts. Sit down for the whole season. All right? But being a fourth-round pick is nothing to scoff at for me, Cowboys Nation. Like, fourth round is, is right around that round where it's like, all right, I got to see something or I, I got to start looking moving forward. First three rounds, I need something. The fourth round, I would love to have it. If not, I would treat you like the rest of the day three picks. So I don't think it's anything to scoff at. We're going to want to know, did he get stronger? I think that's the number one question. Did he get stronger? If not, he's going to face some heavy competition, I think, from Matt Willetsko. They love Matt Willetsko listening to them talk about him. 6'8", as well, 315 pounds. I wouldn't look at him as a, a strength beast right now, but in the run game is where I think he's going to make his money early on. For as big as and lanky as he is, he not only showed on film that he's athletic, but his testing. He was the highest RAS score for the Cowboys draft picks at 9.96. Very athletic. And you can see it on tape. Now, the thing that I talked about before, what I want to see from Willetsko and see them work on is his feet. Um, he doesn't have bad feet. I'm not saying that. It's just his his kick step is so weird to me. Um, I think it might need to be a little bit wider. And I'm not an offensive line guru. I just you know, shout out to Vach. I, t- I said this before, and I'll keep saying it. The reason why I like to watch offensive linemen is because uh, of him. And I just think it's fun. I think the offensive line tape is fun because there's always action every single play. And I just I feel a little queasy about, about his kick step in the passing game. But, boy, in the run game. I mean, Ball's got, I don't remember his tape. I, I don't. I'd have to go back and watch. But, man, the way Will Let's Go fires out in the run game, it, I have to use the word explosive. I do. So, I think that's going to be his strength early on. And if he can kind of get up to speed as a pass blocker, and again, not saying he's some terrible one, but there's obviously small nuances that, you know, a North Dakota player is going to have to to get better at when he gets to the big leagues if he can get better well let's go got a shot here i wonder if we'll let well let's go will end up being one of those hey hey big fella <laughs> you said your ankle hurt nah i said check out that girl in the skirt now your ankle hurt we need you to sit down for a year I do wonder if that's going to be the case. So, Josh Ball, Matt Willetsko, who do you guys think, use the term favorite, who do you think will win this one? I'm, I'm going to ask you all that one. Who do you think wins this, this matchup here early on in rookie minicamp? It should be Ball because he's been around. But Willetsko's no chump. Mastermind speaks all facts. What a YouTube name. He says the line will be better this season, Sky. You know, let me pull this back up. We talked about this last week. I will, I will, I'm not going to concede. 
But I'll let you have it if you say the starters could be better. I'll let you have it. Here's why. I think Tyler Smith is going to be a better run blocker than Connor. You hope year three Tyler be honest. You, 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 we're looking on the optimistic side here. Tyler be honest year three should be better. I, I think Terrence Steele as a right tackle is is rock solid. So I have no Terrence Steele at right tackle. Sign me up. <laughs> if we're being optimistic, Tyron Smith, give me fourteen games, big buddy, and I'll be cool with that. So and Zach is Zach. So if you want to argue it being better, sure, 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 sure. But. When you say the offensive line is, oh, I cannot agree with you. Because look at that. Look at the backups. There is no proven guy backing them up except Connor McGovern. When last year you had either it was Terrence Steele, uh, Tyden Secchi, or Connor, uh, uh, not Connor Williams. Connor, yeah, Connor Williams. Connor Williams was a backup at some point too. Lyle Collins. Like, I just think it was just a deeper room last year than it is this year, at the very least for proven guys. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think you could argue the starters could be better, but as a depth, don't think, don't think it is right now. Don't think it is. Well, Letso's going to be a red shirt year, so he, so he's going to have one of those hey big fella years. We'll see because um, listen, if 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 he comes out and he's not ready, then I would definitely give him a hey big fella tap on the shoulder type of thing. Um, because there are traits, there is potential, and I I don't want to just be like ah he ain't ready, cut him, because the team might scoop his ass up. So I wouldn't be mad at that. Dro says Ball will win because Willesco needs some offseason peanut butter. I'd argue so did Ball, but we'll see if he had it. A lot of y'all are definitely favoring Ball. Professor O says it's a push for me. Uh, Adrian Ball, Damian Ball. It should be Ball, right? Because he has that year. He should be stronger. He knows the system, et cetera, et cetera. But I do do like what I see from Matt Walesco. Braylon Jones is the center, right? Man, what about him? Just said his name. What about him? Uh, hey Matt, you look hurt. No, <laughs> so you're talking about the big fella. Yeah. Matisse says, yeah, the depth looks bad, but it could be uh, good the year after, especially if they get another Connor, uh, another guard for Connor. Man, I don't even. Matisse, I don't even want to think about what the depth could look like a year from now. Because let me pull this back up. Tyron Smith could be gone next year. Another year of Zach Martin. Yeah, getting older. You know, when you're dinged up. Will Biotish be your guy? <laughs> I don't want to start thinking about 2023 just yet, Matisse. I, I get a little queasy. You know, we could potentially, very possibly, see Ball or Let's Go as your starting left, which that, that, hey, it could work out. But then, Connor McGovern's gone. Who's your man go? It would have Matt didn't work out. I just I just take it one year at a time, and then we're worried about 2023 because this could look a little funny afterwards too. Look a little funny. Landlord says, "What time does the schedule drop? Seven Eastern, eight Eastern, something like that." We'll talk about that tomorrow for sure, though. 
we'll definitely talk about it tomorrow. And hey, if, if you get the schedule and you get upset or whatever, hit up Worth the Poor. Worth the Poor. One thing we can all agree on is watching the Cowboys can be stressful, man. Take the edge off of game day. Stop by Worth the Poor Spirits and Wine in the colony of Texas. It's a family-owned and operated luxury liquor store with affordable prices. And for that game day party that won't end, they even offer liquor deliveries to all of North Texas. If you think they won't deliver there, just give them a call and they'll try to schedule it out. I know for a fact they'll get in his Batmobile and he'll head on over there. Or you could download the app today, put in A to Z Sports Dallas and get 5% off any order, $20 or more. Excuse me, it's A to Z Sports. You don't got to put Dallas. Or visit Worth the Poor in the colony of Texas or hit up WorthThePoor.com and put in the discount code A to Z Sports. You'll get that 5% off. That's WorthThePoor.com. <laughs> yeah, every team does have unknowns. Absolutely, Trips. Absolutely. But we talk about the Cowboys. I don't got time for other. Think about how many. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's other podcasts out there. But how many other teams are sitting here talking about the third, fourth, fifth tackles on a team? This is why I love y'all, Cowboys Nation. We can have this conversation. And it's a thorough conversation. It's a good conversation. That's why I respect the good Cowboy fans. When I say good Cowboy fans, I no offense to the casual Cowboy fans. We need those too. The casual Cowboy fans don't know who the hell Matt Willetsko is. Who Josh Ball is. Who Marquise Bell is. They know Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. And half of them are Dak Prescott sucks, but they can't tell you who the fifth wide receiver or fourth wide receiver is. Not the con- I'm not going to have a conversation with you, but you can have that opinion elsewhere. What's good, Chris Davis? All right, man. If y'all do want to call in, you can as we get ready to wrap up the show. I told y'all we weren't going to be long, and I stuck to it. 351-999-3787. We can go ahead and review the mini camp battles that we talked about here. Let's go. Uh, let me get rid of this and talk about it. Josh Ball versus Matt. Well, let's go. This could be who gets the early edge as a swing tackle because I think it sounds like they want to go that route with the young guys, right? Marquise Bell, Tyler Coyle. Coyle is slept on, I think, as a guy that that can be a factor in the safety room. So I wanted to make sure I included him in with the fan favorite, Marquise Bell. I know there's the, the is it Wanya? I think that's his name. He's potential as well. But I think Coyle has the, the leg up on all these guys right now. And I think this is going to be important because there is a position up for grabs at safety. Uh, and then Ty Freifogel versus Dontario Drummond. Maybe this is just me selfishly looking for a slot wide receiver. Maybe these guys have no shot at all to make the team. But I think it would behoove the Cowboys to not have a slot. I'm looking at the roster, man. Looking at the wide receiver room. You tell me, aside from C.D. Lamb. Who is the slot slot guy? I know Jalen can go in there. Maybe that's what he'll have to do. James as well. James Washington, was he was in the slot a lot, but he's also a guy in and out, in and out, in and out. I don't think there's a bona fide slot wide receiver on the team. So I'm looking for that competition. Uh, We got 
517. Looks like Glenn on the horn. Let's get to Glenn right quick. What's up, Glenn? This is uh, Glenn from Florida. This is my actual number, though. All right, because I know we got a couple Glens. We'll make sure I got the right Glenn. Yeah. yeah oh, how you doing, Sky? I'm good, man. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm just uh, how I feel about this wide receiver. Uh, you know uh, how he's like how I was going into the you know rookie camp and then off uh, training camp. No, I think where if we had to choose between Drummond and Tyler True, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Fryfogel. Fogel. Yeah, Fryfogel. Okay. Um, I'd rather have Drummond. My personal taste, okay. just from the just from the film I looked at, Drummond. What I like about him, he is his probably best spot right now would be a bigger slot, and I just think he gives you more of a. Even though he doesn't test athletically, he still did the jet sweeps. He still did the he still did the um, the short passes. I think he, I just me, he's a yak demon, and I personally love that. So, and I think he can contribute just because of his body size. I think he can contribute better on special teams because when you're that fourth, fifth, you know, wide receiver, you're gonna yeah. have to contribute on yep on special teams. So I think he can honestly. Even though I, for some reason they love Noah Brown, I think if they're really, so you know our boy Catboy, he if Drummond shows out in preseason, I think you can see Noah Brown because he's not on a, uh, he's on a very cheap contract. I, right. I do see we could uh, move past him, but I would love to see T.J. Vasher, me personally. <laughs> see, and, re- right, that's where it gets funny for me because. Like I do want a slot guy, and I think Drummond. Everything you're saying about Drummond, I I agree with. That's what I see. I kind of see a savvy slot guy, yak guy. He's not an athletic dude, but he can just find the holes and sit down and get open and secure the catch. But man, six foot six, two hundred and fifteen pounds can be a weapon if utilized right. And since he had the red shirt year, and he's been just training and trying to get right, I would love to see what he can bring bring to this receiver group. Yeah. Uh, on the on the outside, and then for the offensive line depth, you know, right now, it goes back to how much faith do you have in your offensive line coach? At the end of the day, do you think he can develop these young guys and get them right? We see what he did with Terrence Steele, and that gives me the the you know that to give him the the benefit of the doubt, if you will that maybe he can't get these guys right. But also you see where Conor McGovern went. So it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, I have faith in Tyler Smith. I think that's going to be a great pick for us. He did talk about Tyron Smith's health. I, I, maybe we, I think he has maybe two good more years. And I, when I say good more years, it's like being able to pay at least eight, nine games maybe. And like you said, Zach Martin is getting older. So, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to think about later years right now because yeah, it might not be beautiful. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it, it, it's very foggy. I, I'm just trying to take it one year at a time, man. It could be very foggy in 2023. But if we're looking on the optimistic side, if if Tyler looks like the first round pick we want, um, well, let's go and ball develop into to serviceable guys. Then at the very least, from a tackle standpoint and your starting guard standpoint, you could feel better. But a lot of uncertainty for the future. I have one question that's off topic um, yep. from in, what we're talking in, about. In closing, in closing. 
Okay. So what do you think is more important going into this season, Kellen Moore's uh, improvement as an offensive coordinator or Dan Quinn being able to get that second year from the defensive players that we picked last year and just to you know, make this defense better? Oh, it's definitely Kellen Moore by, in a landslide. It's Kellen Moore. And it's not like, again, Kellen Moore's not dumb. Uh, but I just want to see him be a little bit more savvy as an offensive coordinator against some of these top teams. And, and and then obviously it comes back down to to the players too, but there was just game plans that made me go, what the hell are we doing? You know, I don't want to see those those brain fart lapses against some of the better teams. So I, Dan Quinn's proven. Dan Quinn doesn't have anything to prove to anyone, right? Low, technically, if you look at Kellen Moore over his first three years, it's the same thing. Start off hot. Slows down, gets really weird at the end of the season. That, that's 2019, 2020, 2021. Nothing, nothing has changed in that in that manner. Dan Quinn was proven in Seattle. He proved was proven in Atlanta, and then he proved it last year in Dallas. I don't think he has anything to prove. Well, but thank you, still. Thank you uh, for having me on again, and I hope you have a good rest of your morning. Thanks, bro. I appreciate the call, man. Good call. Yeah, I think this is this is a big year for Kellen. I mean, in a grand scheme of things, and I'm gonna get to you in a second here, two one four. In a grand scheme of things, it may not be a big deal. Like like teams, franchises, owners are gravitating towards the young, hip, smart offensive coordinators. So if he let's just say he has another year, right? Where Dallas wins 10, 11 games, we're top five in scoring, but those six, seven other losses look very similar, right? Like, people don't want to hear this, and it sounds like, oh, Sky, you're being negative. But we, our numbers were inflated. Let's just be real. I'm not talking about individually, from you know, specifically from Zeke, Dak, Lamb. Cooper. I'm talking about from a total standpoint. They were inflated against those terrible-ass teams. You want to see how good a team really is? Show me how they played against the better teams in the league. And did they beat them? And did that unit that you believe is great how did they perform you know what i mean so i think he's got something to prove to the cowboys the cowboys nation i mean at least to me you know i'm not i'm not anointing him as the, the next best thing we got to see some improvement all right 214 what it is what it do what's up scotty what's good man who this can you this damien man what's up damien Listen, I've been a Cowboy fan a long time, and I'm going to tell you, excitement is very high in the D. Okay. I look and I see what we need to see, and that's aggression. I'm an offensive lineman by trait I play, and when I look at Tyler Smith, I see a lot of Larry Allen. I see someone who Got that you know, takes control of that line. Um, I hear a lot of people bad-mouthing uh, Tyler Biotish. Well, badass is pretty good. Um, I play center, and one thing I notice about him is Biotish is he knows defensive fronts. Mm -hmm. He knows what his job is. Only problem with Biotish is he needs to get stronger. I listen to you and watch every day and 
you guys keep up the good work. Thank I just you. wanted to call in and give my opinion on Tyler Biotis. Cowboy fans, let's leave him alone. Pray that, you know, we keep what we have intact and just get stronger and let's push forward, man. That needs all of that. Whatever they got to give him, we need it. 100% of it definitely does. Thank y'all. Thanks, man. I do know I remember Big Duke talking about Tyler Biotis. It was more of his hand placement. Made getting stronger obviously will help as well, but uh, he had a he had a problem with his offhand, which year two you're still young, still developing. But I saw a picture with him and Duke too, so he could be working with Duke, man. Like I think I still think Biotis's lead is very is very wide. Last year I thought it was astronomical so it was so wide they was like man let's see what's up with connor williams <laughs> and that didn't work so it just grew even stronger to me uh this year I, I believe it's a wide gap but it's not as wide as it was last year i think that uh i want to say lindstrom matt forniak or forniak or whatever is is kind of closing that just based off of what steven said so i don't i don't think he's in jeopardy but i do think like we did earlier this week the heat turned up just a little bit um but if he's been if he's been in the weight room if he's been with uh big duke and he shows a year three improvement that will help everyone that will help tyler smith that will help zach that will help dak that will help zeke tp that, that goes a long way man a very very long way What's up, Jay? Jay says, uh, Tyler Smith needs to stay on the left side, just like Steele needs to stay on the right side. Well, I think they are. I think I know. That's what they said, that he's going to be a left. He's going to work the left side, both guard and tackle. I don't really see him. There really is no reason to put him over to the right side uh, because you got Zach as your right guard and then Terrence Steele as your right tackle. So I think there's a little bit more clarity in what they want to do, according to them. Last year, when when Tyron went down, it was clear, whether you want to believe it or not, Terrence still was better than Titan Secchi. So they just said, hey, we're going to swing you over. And he struggled the first couple games. Now, he got a little better, but the left side wasn't his best side. Uh, I think they saw that and said, all right, listen, you you a really good right tackle. Let's keep you at right tackle. And you heard them say, yeah, if Tyron goes down, we want to make sure we got a guy that can slide out there. And they were talking about Tyler Smith. I personally don't like that, but whatever. Um, I'd rather, like you said, keep him on one side, focused on one side. Prefer focused on one position, but if you're going to expand, just keep it on one side. Keep it on one side. The person that needs to be doing all that is the swing tackle, which Terrence was technically your swing. Who's your swing this year? We'll find out. Yadish Light in the ass, says Tony. He's said to have an Eric Williams mentality from what I hear if you're talking about Tyler Smith. Brother, just go read up on him. Go watch him. Go listen to him. I freaking love his mentality, man. Love it. I, I, he's, if if our guy Micah is spearheading the attitude era in Dallas as Stone Cold, then damn it, Tyler Smith is Triple H spearheading the Degeneration X. Dude, is ready to take somebody's head off now he's got to bottle that up 
that was a problem at Tulsa. He's got to bottle that up, get it under control. But you just see, man, you know, one of the callers talked about, hey, can the coaches coach these young cats up? Maybe this is me being optimistic. I'm not really worried about if they can with Tyler. I, I think the things that he can work on, he's smart, he's he's um, he's talented. He's talented enough where you'd have to just be a damn right awful offense. Like you'd have to teach him bad things to make him a, a worse player. It's kind of like one of those things where you just fall into a talented player and they kind of naturally get better. Where I want to see if the coaching get you know helps out certain players and well, let's go, Josh Ball. Uh, uh, Forniak, guys that aren't highly coveted or as talented as a Tyler Smith. But I, I just think Tyler Smith is just a naturally gifted player. He just has to put it all together, right? I think he just has so many tools. He's like an octopus, so many arms. He can do so many things, but I don't need, I don't need eight arms. I just need two. Uh, we're going to close this thing out with another G. Set it off, Chris. Of Frankly Football. What's up, set it off, Chris? What's up, man? Hey, listen, I've been loving the show today, man. I kind of got in late before saying good morning. But good morning. I kind of want to end this this uh, bashing. You know, you and said yes something yesterday on the volume. Make sure you check out the volume. 4, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, y'all over in Dallas at 3 p.m. Uh, 3 p.m. Central. But y'all said something yesterday about how people are carrying Tyler Biotish and they put him in the realm with Jeff Heat. As me and Brandon always mess around, Jeff Heath's the GOAT for thirty for 27 plays. All special team plays and maybe five to seven defensive plays. So now we're like, we want anybody at center but Tyler Biotis. But what they, what they forget is you got Tyler Biotis because after Travis Frederick, it was Joe Looney. And Joe Looney was god off. Joe's terrible. Joe got sat in Dak's lap by Dominican Sue like a child getting ready to get fed. <laughs> so we need to cut that out about this bashing of Tyler Biotis. Tyler Biotis was a Realty Award winner winner with a bad hip. So let's go. Let's do this medical, y'all. Bad hips mean it takes at least a year, maybe a year and change, and a full NFL offseason to start reaching your potential. So Tyler's been in the system. This will be his third year. First year coming off injury, could play a little bit. Got injured again. Had last year, not a full COVID offseason. Getting in the weight room a little bit more. But the, the key to him is working outside of the building. Yes. So, as you were saying, yeah, him working with Duke is is is, is vital for his development. Yes. Tyler's going to be fine. Tyler Biotis is going to be fine. Tyler Smith is going to be fine. There's no need to try to push him out the left tackle. And I said this last week. You already got your swing tackle. Unless they go get somebody in free agency, which I don't believe they will. Your swing tackle is your right tackle, and Josh Ball will be your swing pick be put in on the right side when Tyron Smith goes down so we can get our ceremonial 13 games out of him. Not according to hey. Stephen Jones, brother. That's all, that's all I can say right now. Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, hey, man. Right, right. I, I know. But see, here's the thing with Stephen. Stephen tells you out the gate what he wants. He wants that cheap labor. Yep. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep banging on that. He gonna be cheap labor. So if he ain't gotta pay nobody, and he can go ahead and just dollar general in his own building, the only problem is when that cat swings over the left, when Terrence goes to the left, that that's that's gonna be the problem. Cause his agent's gonna walk in and say, "Hey, listen, we are gonna start right here." Cause my guy can play both sides. 
he can play both sides. So you can and either so, deal with paying him now or yeah, you go pay him both. Because when he switched, when he switched, Scott, he, he struggled with Cooper his first game, right? And then the next time Are he you talking about Terrence there, Steele? Terrence Steele. Okay. He struggled with uh he struggled with um uh Cooper, the defensive end out of Ohio State that went to Denver. He whipped him. That was his first time playing over there. And then Chris Jones, like um, we talked about before, whipped everybody's ass that, that, that next week with Kansas City. But after that, he kind of got steady. He was able to hand himself, do, you know, be serviceable, and be able to go from there. And the second he came and played for a little bit. But that's going to be your answer, man, because they don't want to spend no money. Because for some strange, odd reason, they're enamored with a coach that got an onside kick in a Super Bowl, and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm still, I'm still not I'm understanding. Trying to follow you, brother. I'm trying to, I'm trying to let me, because, because, because you know me. If I, if I'm not understanding, I need understanding. Okay. Why that, would Terrence? Why would Terrence Steele, being the swing tackle, save, save, gotcha. save money? I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that out. Okay. Okay. So we're looking right. Okay. Follow me on this guy. We, we got money to spend. Sure. And we still won't go out and go get a linebacker, which we need, a swing tackle we need, right, inside outside the building. Mm. For some strange eyes, they think the addition of the offseason with, um, um, with Big Bo, the addition of Ridgeway, and if you can keep LV clean, you've got Gifford who you can keep clean. Right, but, found I'm talking about the tackle, right. brother. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. So since they won't go out and spend money in those areas, mm. they go do in-house. They think they've had Josh Ball here all year. So we ain't seen Josh. Right. But I think they believe in they I believe in their heart of hearts. They believe he can play with they said he's solely a right tackle. So if they believe who, he's solely who, who, who said that? Right, go ahead. I'm trying to figure out who, who, who said that. Steven has said that in the press conference. They believe that Josh Ball is solely primarily a right tackle. Okay, I'd have to go look That's that it. one up. I didn't, I didn't see that. Okay, one. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. He's solely primarily a right tackle. Okay, so now, so, 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 so wait, 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 So Steven said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Steven said, Josh Ball solely a right tackle. Steven also said, if Tyron Smith goes down, Tyler Smith is your left tackle. So which Steven do you agree with? And I don't agree. I don't necessarily agree with moving Tyler Smith out there. I'm just reporting what they're right. saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but, but, my, but my thing is, and you're right. But my thing is moving him out the left, and you know he's going. He has a he's going to struggle learning two positions as his first year. True, correct. I, I truly believe just plug him at plug him at left, left guard yeah. and let him rock. I so, let him, let him rock. Go ahead. So, what's your belief in will let's go or Ball being a swing tackle? I think Ball's gonna be. I think I don't believe a let's go or Ball are gonna be your swing tackle. Your swing tackle is is Terrence is Steel. uh is Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele is your swing tackle. He's okay. played both sides. He's gonna yes. be your left tackle. I think. I think well, let's go is a year inside the system, and then the following year. He can be to the point of you, where you're gonna place him. I just don't believe. I don't believe they're gonna go out and be bad enough and go spend the draft capital be high enough to go get a plug and play left tackle next year if they plan on doing it. 
I'd rather and go get a swing in, in free agency, man. Leave leave Terrence over there at the right side. Yes, he can do it, but now you're playing musical chairs again, and we saw that did not fare well last year, bro. It, it did not, you know. And it, and it, yeah. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it fared well inside of games doing it. I think you should have put a guy if you felt Terrence was playing well enough to play right tackle, and you were already pissed off of Lyle, then just bit, just sit Lyle until something happened. That inside of series, that inside of uh, uh, drives. Oh, let's switch the tackle. That was that was asinine. That was stupid. But I believe yeah, with but, Lyle not being in the building. But when Lyle wasn't in the building, Terrence uh, Terrence still stayed at right tackle when Tyron was out. Like they only moved Terrence over there when Lyle came back and he started. Remember, Tyden Secchi was playing but, over there um, against Minnesota. Yeah, but against Denver, who played left tackle? Because who played who played right. right tackle? That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm saying Collins came back, okay. so okay. They, they had to play the okay. better. They had to play the better player. So I just want them to have a plan on the left side. It sounds like their plan mm-hmm. is Tyler Smith. I don't like that. Um, I I don't want to see a bunch of the musical chairs. When I say musical chairs, I don't mean in game. I mean say Tyron Smith goes down right week three, whatever. Now week four, I'm moving Ty- Terrence Steele out to left tackle, and I'm putting in who Josh Ball. If he's the guy, unproven over there on right tackle. That's musical chairs to me. I think Terrence Steele is solid right tackle. Keep him at right tackle. It may take Terrence a couple games to get comfortable at left in the middle of the season like it did last year, right? Um, I If you're getting rid of Collins, aren't you believing in Terrence Steele as your right tackle? I, I, love, I, love, I love Terrence Steele at either tackle. Hmm. I love Terrence at either tackle. Hmm. See what I'm saying? I, I, he, I, I love him at either tackle. And I believe you got bowled last year, and he had that mysterious pectoral I can't play muscle to be to the point of saying, hey, let me get him in the building, get him stronger, and go from there. I still believe the Cowboys believe in this red, this red shirt year for a guy who they think has potential. Mm. That's all I'm saying. And he has potential, so keep him there, and then, and then he comes in this year, and he competes at right tackle. And we'll see in OTAs, and we'll see in camp. Because you don't, you're not going to spend any money. That's his problem. He ain't spend. Stephen won't spend no money on anybody. Then we're we're, we're left to figure out when when uh when Tyron, Tyron goes down, who's going to play left tackle. That's and and I'll go. We'll we'll circle it all the way back to. I think they need to do, to address that. They said they're not right now. Again, that's three things he done said. Tyler mm-hmm. Tyler Smith is going to be your left tackle if he goes down. Uh, we he said that um. Apparently, you said he said Josh Ball is strictly a right. I didn't hear that yet, but I'll make sure I go confirm that. Yeah. And then he, he talked mm-hmm. about not getting veterans anymore. They're going to have, I, I thought he said Ball, and well, let's go compete. The young guys compete for that swing that swing tackle because they want they want to go with the young dudes. I'm not in favor of that. Go get me a proven swing. Yeah, I mean, but that's how they get down, man. But, hey, man, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to listen to the show, man. Good talking to you, man. Hey, man, get me back with that information about Nefto. He he doing something. He he actually just got an offer. Uh, I think it was like a division. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, he got like a division two offer. It's, you know, it's not something he wanted, but he's like tenth grade, so <laughs> they like just throwing stuff. Hey at man, him. listen man, that's hey man, that's good man. At least you you got you got to get him where you can get him. So once right. once once school offers, everybody else will start to offer man. Yeah, but hey, definitely. I hope he come, I hope I get to see him this weekend, bro. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll shoot you the the uh, article that I reposted it on my my Facebook. But I'll shoot you the article that they wrote okay. about him at, uh, locally. 
That's what's up, man. That's dope, man. All right, bro. We'll talk to you later, man. Appreciate you set it off, Chris. Appreciate you, man. Good way to to end the show. Kind of some some explosive uh, fireworks in a way, but that's what I love about Cowboys Nation. We're talking about backups, and we can have that passion and energy uh, about it. Yeah, I you know, I just want to see them go get a swing. I don't even know who's out there. I mean, there's technically some nice Dwayne Brown type of dudes out there. I don't think they're gonna come in to be a swing, but to be real with you, I mean, time second kind of old, but. Any anybody just to make me feel a little bit better. I don't want to move Terrence, and I'm not saying Terrence can't do it. He showed that after a few games, he got a little better over there at the left tackle spot. Um, and he, he's got the athleticism. I think he, he's got the want to, but I think you got to got a rock solid right tackle. I, I think it's just sign his ass now. Get get out in front of a cheap ass contract, and it don't work out. It's cheap. Um. But I think you got a good right tackle, man. Let's let him rock out. They didn't move Lyle Collins all over the place. They didn't put him at left tackle. So get you a swing. But I'm very interested. If they if they truly believe that ball is only a right tackle, I, I, I thought my little let's go would have been that too. Then if that's the case, bro, I think we're looking at Tyler Smith playing left tackle for real. If Tyron, Ty, Tyron Smith goes down. Jesus. Tyron, Tyler, and Tyler. I'm going to have a hard time all year with that. Sound like a law firm. Hit by a car called Tyron, Tyler, and Tyler. Kill me. All right. Run through this chat and we out of here. Uh, I think Steele would be the one to not want to sign right now. That's why you got to go in there and bully him a little bit. Uh, Wanted Philly the first week, says Tony. Tom Brady, but Parsons will make. Wanted Philly the first week. From a rival standpoint, sure, that'd be fun. I don't know if I'm trying to deal with... I don't want to deal with that funny rushing offense right off the top. Give me give me, give me, me a week or two of some film. I mean, let me see what they like to do. That funny business can get real weird week one. You know, all the movement and all the motion and stuff. And it's week one. You just don't know what to expect type of thing. Give me a, a... And listen, Doug Peterson does a little... A little razzle dazzle sometimes too. So I maybe think Eagles are better though. Go Lions. Okay. Prime time. Don't move anybody if Tyron goes down or when he goes down. Uh, and you start moving the whole pocket to counter as well. It's a coaching thing when it comes down to it. Don't move anybody. So you're basically saying just put in maybe a bar or a let's go or whatever back up. Boy, you ain't never going to let me forget about no damn Ryan Nall, are you, Toxic? If Ryan Nall makes this team, we will have an opposite of Matt from South Florida. Okay? We'll have an opposite of that. But if Ryan Nall don't make this team, Toxic... They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. When you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. You're going to have to face the music, bro. We good goddamn no Ryan no. All right, we out of here, yo. Good show today. Run this back if you have it. The audio will be up on all podcast platforms tomorrow. Feel good Friday. Maybe I'll drop a mailbag segment. Make it a light day. I don't know if it's going to be quite roll out the TV type of day um, because we still still covering the draft. Uh, 
Mini camp starts tomorrow, hence why we did the the battles. Uh, the schedule will drop tonight, so we'll definitely talk about that. I'm going to just say this right now. I don't like to predict exact records in May. So much stuff can change between now and September. But I'm going to figure out a way to make to, to do this in a, in a different, unique way. Like how we don't do grades here, we do ratings. We'll do something similar uh, tomorrow so we can kind of stand out from the rest of what's going on. All right. So tune in tomorrow. Uh, also, tune in tonight with Mauricio Rodriguez, A to Z Sports Primetime. And if you may, please, 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 please hit that like button. Hit that sub button. Got a lot of new people that came in here today. Or not today, but this week. Subscribe if you haven't, please. We'd very much appreciate that. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and press this button, man. Get up out of here. Hit up A to Z Sports Dallas.com for all your Cowboys offers. Y'all been great today. Good calls. Appreciate the donations. The chat been lit. Run this thing back if you missed it. Have a blessed day as well, Tony. Hey, if the Cowboys do get the Eagles week one, I'm making Vods call in so we can get a hype. A little hype video on a, on the horn here. Love y'all. We out. Peace. with you today.